All right. Well, good morning. Uh, this morning, I, uh, I am the C team up here. Ken and Chip are both on vacation this week, uh, deserving some much uh, needed time with their family. So pray for them this week. We're excited uh, uh, that they'll come back refreshed and, and ready to go for the new year. First off this morning, I want to talk to you about the next eight weeks. So not today, but the next eight weeks and what those, those are going to entail. So that, that was a little preview video of a series called The Real God. And this is an eight-week series. And what's cool is uh, this, this series is actually going to be taught throughout every ministry in our church. And so the kids are going to be going over this, this sermon series. Our students are going to be talking about it. If you're a small group leader or in a small group and you guys want material for this sermon series, we'd love to provide you with that. And then, obviously, Pastor Chip is going to be talking about it. And, the, and what, it, what it is is pretty much going over the characteristics of God and who God is. And so it's going to talk about the goodness of God, the sovereignty of God, God's holiness, the wisdom of God, justice of God, faith, and, 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 uh, and love. And early on, the, the gentleman that kind of developed this series, he talks about our our view of God is the most important thing about us. The way that we see God and the way that we view God is the most important thing about us because that's how we, um, that really shapes our life and shapes what we believe in. And, and so this, this next, next eight weeks is gonna be uh, a really exciting time for us, I think, in learning about the characteristics of God. And also there is a, uh, there's, there's actually family devotionals to take home uh, with, uh, with you and that you'll have access to through, uh, through Right Now Media. And so uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago maybe now, we talked about, about Right Now Media. There's a, there's a pre-service video about it a little bit, and this is pretty much the Netflix Christian Bible study is, is what it's called. But this is packed full of content, and one of the things that's on here is the Real God uh, Bible series. And so... What that means for you is, like I mentioned, there's, you know, we'll talk about something on Sunday morning, and, and when, we, when you leave here, it, our, our hope is to help foster conversation in the car so you don't have to try to read, read through a paper or figure out what your kids learned that day. You, they, they learn the same thing as you that day. So something cool is in the car ride home or even throughout the week, you can, you can, you can talk and you can continue that conversation with them. Um, but right now, media is, uh, yeah, it's this, it's this really cool thing, and it's, it's something that we have here at our church. And before this, uh, we, we sent out like a bunch of emails a few, a few months ago, and if you don't remember receiving that, before, uh, before I got up here this morning, I resent all the ones that were still pending. Check in your, like, your spam or your junk folder. This is a free resource to you. It has thousands of hours of content on it for you and for your kids, for your Bible studies, maybe for you personally if you want to go through a devotional study. And so I brought, I brought up here two, two examples, two like short video examples that I want to show you. But when you get that email, it'll kind of look like something like this, and you kind of scroll down, and it'll say, uh, join now or whatever, create your account. And... It's, it's ready for you, totally free to you, for you to use and to explore. Uh, don't be intimidated by it. Just try to log in and start looking around. There are a ton of uh, categories. And so one of the things that, that I've done, I, I started a, 
me and some, some gentlemen from the church here are doing a, a Bible study on Friday mornings, and we're going through uh, the Gospel of Mark. And so here's a quick a series on, or a quick promo of what that, what that series is about. But what we do is we will read a passage of Scripture, and then we'll watch a 10-minute video or whatever about that passage, and then we'll talk about it. And, and uh, there's free facilitator questions on, on Right Now Media as well that if you're leading a group, you can access and, and use. And so let me show you this quick uh, promo about the Gospel of Mark, the one that we're, we're studying. Francis Chan uh, leads it and, it, and he actually is on site in a lot of these places in the, through the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 1, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. I am standing in the Jordan River right now. This is where John the Baptist was baptizing people and preparing them, giving them a baptism of repentance saying, do you understand who's about to come? Look, this is not just another human being that's going to show up. He really understood his unworthiness. And as I stared at that and I thought about this and the series we're doing, do you recognize how holy this is? I've been wrestling with this thinking, God, who am I to even speak about God? becoming flesh and I can only imagine as he's coming like what do you do what would it feel like to stand in front of your creator these are holy 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 things man it is so so sad if you have lost the fascination of Almighty God emptying himself and taking the form of a man. God, I pray that as we pursue and we read this book together and we journey through the life of your son, God, that we treat this as sacred, as holy, 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 like no other news on the earth, God. Change our hearts. Help us to see that everything else is so ridiculous compared to this one great truth of you becoming man, dying on a cross for all of our sins, rising from the dead. God, teach us how to marvel again. Teach us to be fascinated with the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's just a glimpse into the video series that, that my small group is working through, and uh, it has really fostered some good conversation. It's really kind of led us to places that it's, it's just been really healthy and really nice. But again, there's, this is a, just a still of the main screen when you log into Right Now Media. If you go up to, to search or even over to the library in the top left corner, uh, a bunch of different things from 
marriage studies to single studies to parenting to uh, financial studies, uh, Bible studies, you name it, it's probably in there. And if this is something that you want to share with a family member or maybe, maybe you're visiting today and you don't regularly come here and you want access to this, it's free and we'd love to give it to you. Uh, maybe you can take it to your, to your church or, or to your small group as well. But it is, a, it is a phenomenal resource that we have. And if you look here, even there's a, there's a whole kids section. And this kids section is chock full of video series for kids. And I want to play a, one more preview. And this is really, it's, it's these two characters and they're superheroes. And what they do is they go back and relive stories of the Bible. And this is just one of the series that there's, there are maybe 50 or 60 different video series and things in the kids section alone. Uh, I don't know how many of you put YouTube videos on for your kids to watch or, or if you're sitting in a restaurant and uh, you want to put, you know, VeggieTales or some other kids show on there. But uh, we can help, we can kind of monitor what our kids see on YouTube, but we don't really have control over the ads that come up and those kind of things. Well, this, this is 100% great content for your kids to watch all the time. And so uh, let me show a quick preview of, of just kind of one of the, one of the series. Again, so your kids are, are reliving some of the Bible stories and learning scripture as they watch, as they watch this content. So it's a, it's a phenomenal resource, uh, resource. It's really exciting. And again, the Real God series that we're going to be doing for the next eight weeks, all of the family discussion videos uh, that, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about it next week as we kick off the sermon series, those are in there as well. So you'll have access to a lot of the resources that we're going to be working through for the next eight weeks. So contact the church office. Let us know if you, if you haven't seen that email come through or maybe you're not, uh, maybe you got a new email address or something changed. Please, we want you to have this resource. It's, it's such an amazing thing. All right. Now that that's out of the way. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Um, I hope you I hope you had a, a really nice time with your with your family and friends this Christmas season. You know, it's always it's always neat this time of year because just kind of think back to Christmas has passed and there's just so much nostalgia that goes along with the Christmas season, whether it's in the songs that you sing or I we were just at my grandma's grandma's house and uh, we you know, we got done opening gifts and I watched my my nephew race his new cars across her kitchen floor and immediately I'm like, oh man, that was me 25 years ago and it doesn't seem like that long, but I just, I just, you know, see him playing with his toys and that's what I would do. I would check out for the rest of the afternoon playing with my new stuff. And, and it was, it was such a, it was just such a fun time. And many of you may know Christmas for me this year is a lot different. I've got a three month old that we're toting around and realized very quickly that we don't have a big enough vehicle for us to go around in, in the Christmas season. Uh, I also learned that 
I need to allow an extra 30 minutes for pack-up time when we're getting ready to go because just stuff just ends up everywhere and you have to, you have to retrace everything. And um, so, so that's, been, that's been fun and I'm just consciously aware of, of, of where my son's at at all times and just who's holding him and when's the last time they washed their hands and how, how close is their face to his face and they just touched him and all these other things that it's like, okay, just chill out. You know, but uh, it's, it's, it's fun. But this two-week stretch that we're in right now, kind of closing out 2018 and, and, and looking forward to 2019, it's, it's kind of unique in that as we, as we celebrate and we contemplate, you know, the birth of Christ and we think about, you know, the promises that, he, that, that God's kept by sending us his son and that he'll one day come back and... Uh, I'm just, it's, it's quite an emotionally exhausting time of year for me because naturally I, I just think about, you know, the, the totality of life and how, you know, okay, 2018's over. What were my goals this year? Did I, what, how, did it, did it turn out how I was hoping it would? And, and dreaming a little bit about 2019 and what do I, what do I want that to look like? And what's, what's God impressing upon my heart for that? And I, and I think a lot of that is, it's human nature, right? That's how, that's how we're built, where God's given us the ability to think and he's given us the, the, uh, the ability to remember things, right? The kids did a great job remembering the, just the 10 items on the tray. And, and I, was, I was drawn to uh, a, a portion of scripture where, where God's actually reminding in Isaiah, the, he's, he's, he's reminding what he's done and, and, and all throughout even, all throughout scripture, God constantly has to remind his people because they constantly turn from him. Hey, you know, I've, I was here with you then and I was here with you then. And, and it's, it's so easy, I feel like, when we're going through difficult times to forget all of the good things that he's done. And we sang about it this morning, uh, the song Grateful. I was, I, was, I was noticing it's, you know, let me not forget the, the things that you have done for me, right? And that comes right out of scripture. And so, this morning we're in a uh, passage of Isaiah 43, and I'm going to read, read to you that. If you, have your, if you have your Bible apps or your Bible or whatever, uh, it's, it's in there well, as well, and I invite you to, to follow along. So Isaiah 43, 16 through 21 says this. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and reinforcements together. And they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Do not stay there. But behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me and the jackals and the owls because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I have formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. And so God is, God is reminding his people the provisions that he's given to them. Um, and this was, a, this was an oppressed group of people. Um, many times they were, they were in exile and they were, uh, it's because they, they didn't obey what God is calling them to do. But it's always good to remember the things that God's done for us. 
It's not good to dwell on the things in our past that didn't go our way or maybe it was because of, of simple decisions that we had made or people around us had made. But God is telling the Israelites through the prophet Isaiah not to dwell on the things that they've gotten wrong, not to dwell on these things, but that he's made a way and he will make even a new way for them in, in, the, in the coming of, of Jesus Christ one day. And so... Um, Let's back up a little bit this morning and talk a little bit about the first, the first portion, okay? So we, we know the story of Moses. We know how uh, he came back and he was, he was called by God to lead his people out of, of Egypt and out of the oppression and they were in, enslaved. And so he sent them back and um, they lead him out and, and he tells them, he's, he says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. God's saying, don't, you know, I, I made a way for you when there was no way. You, you fleed from the Egyptians and made a way through the red, through the seas parted and, and drew out the chariots and horses and this army was flooded. And, and, but to forget the former things and not to dwell on the past, behold, I am doing something new. So don't, don't forget about what I've, what I've done for you, but how many of you, I got a question for you. How many of you like change by a show of hands? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I've lived in Henry County my whole life. It's not a very uh, change-oriented culture here. <laughs> um, and why? Because it's safer, right? It's safer and it's easier to do things when they're, when they're done orderly, to do, to do something that's predictable, right? The problem is order and, and living a vanilla life isn't exactly what God's called us to do. He didn't, I don't think he was thinking in his mind on the cross, man, I'm dying for these people so they can sit in their lazy chair and enjoy a life of what's to come. No, he's called us to something greater than that. We know that, but sometimes it's hard for us to move into action because we constantly seek order and comfort. We don't like discomfort, just like the Israelites. The Israelites actually at one point wanted to go back into Egypt because there was predictability, not because of their status, because they were enslaved there, but at least they, at least they knew where they fell on the spectrum. And there was, there was comfort and there was, uh, there was a, a little bit of being able to anticipate what's to come. They didn't like that God was leading them in a wilderness and that they had to rely on him to provide and that he might be doing a new thing through them all the time. And so the fact is, simply coasting through life year after year with minimal change on our parts actually robs us of the things that God wants to do in our lives and through us. I was watching a TED Talk this week. This is kind of cool. And, and that, that, that line actually kind of came from, from him. He didn't, he didn't say God, but he's, he, he's talking about life and when we don't take, um, when we're not pushing ourselves out of, out of this comfortable state, we actually are robbed of, of the fulfillment of life. And, and I think we know better than that in, in, in how, how Christ actually um, and, and God and the Holy Spirit prompts us and, and leads us and he's the one that doesn't want us to stay comfortable. But this, this, this leader, he's a business leader, his name is Bill Ekstrom and he, uh, he came up with this thing called the growth rings. And it's something he uses to illustrate how stagnation and order actually rob us of, of our potential. And so it's a quick three minute video, but I'm just gonna let him explain it and then talk about it a little bit because I think it has some really neat uh, illustrations and things for us to take from this morning. So the first growth ring represents a low performing, low growth environment called stagnation. 
Stagnation is understood by having to follow too many steps and permissions and minutia, thus stifles creativity, independent thought, and action. To imagine an environment such as this, think no further than our state and federal governments. Now the antithesis of stagnation is chaos, also low growth and low performing. Chaos can be caused by internal or external events or conditions. We see chaos occur at times in business mergers, natural disasters, and horrific events like 9-11. Chaos is having zero predictability or control over inputs and outcomes. Coming back down the growth rings, next to stagnation is the most desirable environment, order. Order is knowing that what you do or what is happening in your environment leads to a predictable outcome. And in predictability, comfort is found. But comfort is also what makes order so dangerous. Because science shows that anytime you continually do something or even think about something the same way, you'll eventually stop growing. And this applies to every living thing, even our dog. You see, if Aspen had a chance, she'd choose comfort six days a week and twice on Sundays. But too much growth-limiting order would have prevented her from becoming a therapy dog. And had this been allowed, think of the lives this gentle soul would not be touching today. So before your order continues to limit the way you think and act, remember what I said earlier. Growth only occurs in a state of discomfort. Now think about the power of that phrase. Growth only occurs in a state of discomfort. I can unequivocally state I wouldn't be standing on this stage today without my uncomfortable order-disrupting day nine years ago. By the way, I'm not recommending you go get fired to see if it leads to a TED Talk, but when you feel discomfort hit, that means you've entered the complexity ring. Complexity is nothing more than changed order. But when your order is changed, outcomes are no longer predictable, and it's unpredictability that makes you uncomfortable. You can actually learn how empowering it is to consciously acknowledge discomfort, and then when appropriate, choose complexity over order. And I know seeking discomfort sounds odd, and not many people do it. But you have to learn to embrace it because it's the only environment where sustained or exponential growth can occur. So stagnation, order, complexity, and chaos are the four things. And he, and he talks about how we're all striving for, for order naturally. We all want that because that brings about the most comfort in our lives. And he goes on to talk about the ways that we can move from from order to complexity. <clears throat> First off, he says that it's forced upon you. So he alluded to it a little bit, but he was actually fired from his, his job. He was totally blindsided and wasn't even prepared, wasn't ready for it. His boss called him in one day and, and fired him. And he said that totally messed him up, but it, it forced him into a state of discomfort because he had to figure out what was going to happen next for him. Number two, someone to help, uh, someone helps you get there. This is where a, a parent or a coach or a teacher or a boss, they help, you, they help you get there. They move you to a place of discomfort. Uh, if, 
you know, I'm, conditioning's not fun, but coaches need to have that happen so their kids are prepared. It's, there's nothing comfortable about conditioning. Um, you know, let me tell you something. There's nothing comfortable about me being up here today. This is not, this is, this is not something I uh, volunteer to do. Uh, it's very uncomfortable. I'm probably saying um too much or some other, sort of, uh, some other sort of thing that I would get docked for in a speech class. I don't even think I'll probably have the stomach to go back and watch myself after today because it's just, it, it just makes me anxious. But let me, yeah, let me tell you a little secret. I didn't volunteer to preach today, okay? It was, it was, it was asked Someone helped me get there, and that someone was my boss. And he said, hey, I'm going to be gone today. Ken's going to be gone today, so you're up, man, okay? Uh, and while I don't appreciate that, that process, or I, I don't, while I don't always enjoy it, and I'm not bold enough to, to volunteer myself for it, I do appreciate the spiritual and intellectual growth that occurs. Because I would hope that each time I get up here and preach, I'm a little more confident and a little more... Um, uh, maybe polished, can I say that? Uh, I, I, I can articulate a little bit better each time. And so that's the hope. But I didn't volunteer to do this today. I mentioned earlier that I'm in a new season of life with uh, a three-month-old, okay? And so it's kind of cool because I can, I can see this from both ways. So I'm on the receiving end of it right now, but uh, so often as a parent, I'm constantly thinking about... Uh, what's best for my son. And what's best for him and what he's comfortable with aren't always the same thing, right? I'm sure he would love to be held and coddled and whatever all the time, but at some point he's got to have some tummy time and he's got to learn to do some things on his own. And I can't do everything for him. But that brings about discomfort and he cries and he gets upset about it after a while and, you know, we kind of go from there. Um, and so, so that's that's. Number two of the ways to move to complexity is, is someone helps you get there. And finally, number three is, is trigger it yourself. You know, it's funny looking back in my, in my life, really since I, since I graduated high school, I can see all three of these playing a role in what's led me up here today. First off, I, uh, it's, I was dumped, um, couple years after high school, and I was de devastated. And I think the reason I was was, you know, that, that relationship wasn't, wasn't going anywhere, okay? I was kind of here. I was in order. I, was, I knew that it wasn't going anywhere, but I was comfortable, and I was okay with it. Well, then one day, it's forced on me that it's, it's not going to continue. And so I kind of went into the state of discomfort. And, but as it turns out, that was a catalyst to so much growth in my life. And it, it caused me to pick up a guitar and to learn guitar. It caused me to, uh, I, rem I remember a time where um, I, the first time I ever played in front of somebody was my, my home church and it was Easter Sunday. And uh, this is the part where I was, I was able to get enough confidence to trigger it myself. And, and what happened was uh, I was learning the song and it's one of the first times I really remember the Holy Spirit just coming down powerfully and just in my life just telling me, Ben, like you're going to be, so, like you don't have to do this. I'm calling you to, 
to share what, what I've given you. You don't have to do this, and, and you're going to be pretty disappointed in yourself if you don't. But what happened was, because, I, because by the power of the Holy Spirit, I was given the strength to, to do that, it opened the door to so many things. I started leading worship then, and it kind of led me to here, and ended up meeting my wife, and now we have a, a son, and and friends, and it's just, it's just so crazy to, to see this lived out in my Christian walk, in my, in my life following after Christ. And so these are, these are the three ways. My point is this. Some of life's greatest gifts and blessings come from making decisions that bring about discomfort. But isn't that the point of life? Jesus never said that it would be easy, right? He just said it would be worth it. And, you know, let's, let's look at his life. He was, he, there was an order. He went in, he came, he came on the scene about a time when there was so much order in the life of the Sadducees and Pharisees and this political system and, and everything was structured and everybody had their place. And then he comes up and shows up. Let me read a couple things. And, and I, I literally spent maybe five minutes on this because there, there's, there's so many of them throughout the gospel of just how he, how, he throw thi- how he throws things from order into complexity. Uh, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some of the heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are, they, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered into the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some of, to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So again, one example of how Jesus Christ messed up the order of things the Pharisees were very uncomfortable with what was going on. They were very uncomfortable with, with this person and the following that he was beginning to generate because, because it caused discomfort. It caused uh, systems to be challenged and, and this, this hierarchy of systems to kind of uh, go off a little bit. One more. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus, to test him. They asked him for a sign from heaven he sighed deeply and said, why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly I tell you, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them and went back into the, the boat and crossed to the other side. You see, he was, they were, looking, they were looking for answers. They were looking for resolve. And Jesus kept messing things up and then he would just go away and leave them stumped and leave them just with their mouths open. I've gone way off my notes, so I'm gonna find out where I'm at. This is just a few instances where, where Jesus disrupted the status quo. And we see now, 2,000 years later, he messed things up for all time in a good way. And so here we have Isaiah 19, 43, 19. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. So, we all wrestle with this. Some of you came here this morning maybe expecting 
the same outcome as you leave here today, and after the holidays, it'll be back to life as normal, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's your life to live, but what if God wants more from you this year? And that's really my question. What if he wants you to step out into the unknown and into the uncomfortable? What if he wants you to try to be part of a new ministry or maybe, to, maybe a small group or maybe to lead one? Maybe it's the neighbor that, that you've had for a long time that a thousand times over you thought about talking to them about Jesus and you, you haven't mustered up the, the boldness because you're okay with the order and the, the comfort that you have and it's, it's hard for you to get to that place of discomfort. When we consciously move to a place of discomfort, we are living in a life of complexity like Jesus lived. I was reminded this week, there's a passage in Deuteronomy. It says, The Lord our God said to us at Mount Sinai, You have have stayed here long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance into the hill country. So here's Isaiah. We see God reminding his people how he made a way. But behold, I'm doing a new thing. God's reminding them again how he made a way for them, how he provided for them. When there was no way, he came through. He delivered them out of Egypt. Because of one man, man's fallenness, another one had to be raised up to be the atoning sacrifice for us. So when there was no way, Jesus came onto the scene and made a way. God always provides. But we have to be willing to get a little uncomfortable sometimes. So I'm not sure what 2018 was for you this year. Maybe it was marked with tragedy. Um, Maybe it was filled with joy. I was reminded uh, before our son we had a miscarriage and it's cool on this side to see his provision and how much brighter 2018 was for us than 17 It's just like the song we sang in the first song this morning. Let us not forget the things that he's done because he is a good God. But don't settle with living a vanilla life. Be willing to get outside the boundaries of your comfort zone. Do something new, challenging. Don't do it without, I mean, pray, pray about it. What's God, what's God asking you? Maybe it's time to break camp and move on into a new season. Maybe this year he wants you to build on the season that he's got you in right now. 
That's awesome. If Jesus is by our side, we're good. What's the worst that could happen? You talk to your neighbor about Christ. What's the worst that could happen? Seriously. (laughs) They hurt your feelings a little bit or they, I mean, what Christ did for us on the cross is just, it's worth sharing. It's worth talking about. Two, two questions today. What does God want to do in me in 2019? And what does he want to do through me? How do you want me to grow? What season of life do I need to move into? What are you doing in my life, God? Maybe I need to, to, to work in. And what does he want to do through you? Who are those neighbors? Who are those coworkers that are sitting right beside you every day? And God's put you there in their lives. You know where they're headed. And all it takes is a simple conversation or a simple just, hey, can I pray for you this week? Is there anything that, what's going on? Take an investment in their life. But he wants to work through us. So we're gonna end this morning and we're gonna sing a little bit. But before that, I just want, I just wanna pray over us. In the song, we've done it a few times, but it's just reminding us. We've seen God move. We're reminded of the, the things that he's done and we believe that he'll continue to do that because he's faithful, because he provides. He's constantly reminding his people because somehow they forget when they get into a place of discomfort, they, they forget how God's delivered them and how they've gotten to this point right here. So let's, can we stand this morning? I have to be honest when I, when I typed these, when I was thinking about these things, I hadn't thought about the questions yet. I haven't thought about the answers. God, I don't know, I haven't asked you yet. I don't want this to be another vanilla year, but I haven't even asked you what you wanna do in my life. And so often he's, he's got his answer ready for us and maybe you already know it, but you're afraid to ask because you know what it is. And so God, we're coming to you this morning as a people who professes a faith in you. We're believing in you, God. God of provision, a faithful God. Lord, forgive us for making this life out of comfort when you lived a life anything but comfortable, God. Holy Spirit, would you speak to each and every one of us in this room today? What is it you want to do in us in 2019? Who are you calling us to impact that we maybe have been sitting on our hands a little bit? Because for some reason, 
it's a little bit uncomfortable. Give us the boldness to move out of the orderly, to move out of the comfort because it is so much better. It may be difficult, but it is so worth it. You've reminded me that so much. So we thank you, God. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you continue to do in our lives. Lord, give us boldness. Help us to go where you send us, we pray. Amen. serve a loving and just and faithful God. Maybe you're not sure the answers to these questions. Maybe you need to spend some time this week thinking about that. 2019 hasn't started yet. You know, I was scared this morning that it was just going to be another cliche, hey, new year, new thing, let's do it. But I really feel God wants to move in this church. He wants to move in your families this year. He wants to move in your life. In these next eight weeks, as we learn about the character of God and who he is, 
Just ask yourself that this week. God, what do you wanna do in my life? What do you wanna do through me? How am I advancing your kingdom? Father, that's our prayer today. Show us, God, and help us to be bold enough to move. Help us to be bold enough to move into action and to do the things that we deep down know that you're calling us to do, to build those disciplines, to share about you to others, God. I need this so bad. Would you work in our lives this week and this year, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great Sunday and a happy new year.